You are listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSN, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. So we have been talking in this series on community and on friendships. In the first week, which was two weeks ago, we talked about what does it look like to be a good neighbor, right? We talked about how every single person that we run into, whether it's in the school or whether it's at RSM or whether it's at our co-op or the grocery store or the shoe store or wherever, they are our neighbors. And we talked about how we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, but we're also to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we talked through that in the first week. And the next week we talked about, so last week, we talked about friends. We talked about what qualities should we look for in a friend and what qualities should I bring to the table as a friend. We talked through how we are all wired for relationship, all wired for friendship, and so we need to make sure that we are giving people the right things, right? We talked about how a good friend is somebody who is constant, who's trusting, who, as it happens all the time, and we're humans and we walk through life and hard things happen, when we go to them and we talk to them about a really difficult situation, can I trust that they're not gonna go tell the entire world and the next thing you know, the middle school is talking about the bad day that I had yesterday, right? We talked about they're constant, they're trusting. We talked about how they have similar interests. We wanna have friends who we have fun with, right? We also talked about how a friend is unselfish. If you get a really, really great grade on a test and they get a really, really bad grade on a test, can they still, still celebrate the fact that you did well and not say that you cheated off of your neighbor, right? And then the last thing that we talked about was that this friend or you have to be transformed by Jesus because we can't expect people who aren't following Jesus to live the way that Jesus asks us to live. And so every single one of us need to recognize that we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother in Jesus. We have the greatest model of friendship ever in Jesus. And in order for us to do friendship well, We need to learn what that greatest friend does, which means we need to spend time with Jesus and we also need to read the Bible and see how he treated other people and that's gonna help us be a good friend and a good neighbor. Tonight, we are going to talk about what things are good practices, I'll say disciplines, things to do with my friends. Obviously, we need to have fun with our friends, right? And I think we're all probably Pretty good at that. Raise your hand if you feel like you have fun with your friends. Yes, there we go, perfect. So all of us are probably pretty good at having fun with our friends, wouldn't you say? Yes, no, maybe so? Yeah, right? Tonight we're gonna talk about some other things to do. So where we're gonna kinda look at is a book called Hebrews. We're actually reading the book of Hebrews as a church in our year Bible plan right now. So I encourage you, if you don't have one of those little cards and you need something to read out of the Bible, go grab one from the back. We are doing this together as a church, but we're gonna read from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. This is what they say. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The first point is this, is that we wanna spur 
one another on towards love and good deeds. Raise your hand if y'all know what a spur is. Who knows what a spur is in this room? A few of you guys, okay. So we'll talk about it because I think that this is gonna help us better understand what I'm talking about. Who knows what cowboy boots are? Who owns a pair of cowboy boots? Who is very proud of the cowboy boots that they own? Who owns more than one pair of cowboy boots? Who owns more than two pairs of cowboy boots? Does anyone own more than three pairs of cowboy boots? Four pairs. Mike Cousineau, how many pairs of cowboy boots do you own? He owns four, everybody give it up for Mike. There we go, four pairs of cowboy boots. We live in South Carolina. We know that people wear cowboy boots, right? Well, in their original intention, cowboy boots had this thing called a spur on the back of them. Can you show that picture real quick? And you get that little metal piece on the back of the cowboy boot is what a spur is. And what the thing is used for is when you are riding a horse, the horse has reins that go in its mouth with a bridle. You use those reins to guide and direct it. You can use your voice to command the horse to do something. The spurs were supposed to supplement the commands that are already happening. So you don't just get up on a horse with some spurs on your boots and just kick the crap out of them with the metal spur and expect them to do anything. No, you need to start with what they already know, which is the reins and which is the commands. What we see in this passage of scripture is that we are supposed to encourage each other, spur each other on towards love and good deeds. We've already been commanded by God to love one another. We've already been commanded by God to good, do good deeds towards other people around us. But in relationship with people, in friendship with people, sometimes it takes a little bit of extra because as all of you guys in this room know, some of us are a little hard-headed, right? Some of us are a little stubborn, right? And so for many of us, we like to be mean. If people aren't our friends, we like to push them to the side. For many of us, we have friends that when they're not around, the only thing that we do is talk bad about them to our other friends, right? And you wonder why we're hurt all the time. But what scripture is telling us is that amongst friends, we don't need to encourage and spur people on to gossip. There's already enough temptation to gossip. Scripture is not telling us to challenge people to do sin, to go out and party, or to go out and drink, or to encourage them to do these things. It's telling us, no, we need to actually spur each other on to love each other, to love others, and to do good deeds. I think a really, really practical example of that that we are actually doing in RSM is next week we're talking about serving, right? We're gonna talk about how friends serve the community together. And many of you guys picked up a little flyer on your way in. Does anybody have that flyer that they can like hold up in the air? Yeah, so I'm gonna read this flyer and we're gonna talk about how we can spur each other on with this flyer. It says canned food drive, February 14th. For those of you guys who don't know, it's Valentine's Day, but it's RSM next week, right? So a week from today, February 14th says, bring a canned good to RSM this week to bless families in need in our community. Then it says, at the bottom, if you guys didn't read that part, it says the small group that brings the most will get a prize. So here's a practical way 
that we can spur each other on towards good deeds. Raise your hand if you agree with me that it's good to help people who are in need. Yes, perfect. If you're not raising your hand, we're gonna reevaluate our life choices. But the way that we can practically do this is you hear the small group that brings the most cans in gets a prize. Now, if I'm a seventh and eighth grade boy, I know that on my own, I can get 10 cans. But then I start thinking about how there's like, man, there's probably like 20 of us or 25 of us in our small group. So if I talk to my guys when we get to small group tonight about how we need to bring a can and we need to bring 10 cans because that way we'll be for sure winners. We'll get this prize. We'll be able to bless a bunch of families. Okay, that just turned into 250 cans as opposed to my 10 cans. So my 25 friends in the seventh and eighth grade small group are able to do greater good for the people around us when we work together. But then it gets better, right? Because the seventh and eighth grade girls think they're better than you. And they say, well, we're not bringing 10 cans each person, we're bringing 20 cans each person. We're better than the seventh and eighth grade boys. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. And so all of a sudden, they're bringing in 500 cans just from their small group. And you see, we are able to bless exponentially more people. And then the seventh and eighth grade boys get wind of that. And their cans grow. And then their cans grow. And then back and forth and back and forth. What I'm trying to tell you guys is practically speaking, we constantly want to be encouraging each other to do good for other people and to love them. And it's not a hard thing to do, it's just something that the world doesn't do and so it's gonna look a little bit different. Instead of encouraging each other to gossip by every single time you hang out, we just rant about how bad our life is, maybe we encourage each other that when we're walking into the lunchroom, we see if there's somebody that needs some friends to sit at their table and we sit with them. It's that simple. Challenge one another to love people like Jesus loved people. And recognize this though, if you spur a horse too hard, as you guys probably picked up on, it's kinda like a big metal spike. You spur it too hard, it's gonna cut into the horse, it's gonna hurt the horse. We need to make sure that when we challenge our friends, we don't challenge them by belittling them by making them feel like they are a horrible human being, if we see that our friend is messing up, encourage them and be graceful about it. Meaning, instead of saying, hey, you're the worst person I've ever met because this is how you act and you lie all the time and you cheat all the time and you're going to hell and this and that and the other, you need to remember that Jesus died for you too. And would I appreciate if my friend talked to me that way? So as we challenge our friends, do we do it in a good way but do we push each other towards being more like Jesus? So spur each other on towards love and good deeds. The next thing is this, don't stop meeting together. Hebrews 10, again, it says, not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Now the writer of Hebrews is probably talking about church. So everybody look around, do you, are we doing church right now, yes or no? Yes, we doing church right now, right? You know, here's the, what is it? Um, here's the building, here's the steeple, all the people thing. What is it? What's that? That's right, that's it. That is it right there, right? But I have a question for you guys. When the author of Hebrews writes, meeting together, talking about church, 
What is church? Have you guys ever thought about that? It's, is it, it's the people, right? Church is the people. So is church the floor that I am standing on? Is church the pew that you are sitting in? Is church the Simpsonville First Baptist building that is a mile and a half away from us? What about the renovation Greenville building that is 23 miles, or not 23 miles, eight miles away from us? Anybody, right? Church is not a building, right? Church is the people. And this is what I wanna challenge you guys with is the author of Hebrews is telling us don't neglect meeting together. Every single time I get together with my friends who know Jesus, who follow Jesus, it's an opportunity to do church. Every single one, every single one. Jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst of them. And so what I wanna challenge us tonight with is to start trying to take our time with our friends a little bit more intentionally. I kinda came up with a definition of church to maybe help us with this, and it's this. A group of people gathered together under the name of Jesus for God and for others. And I think that a lot of times if we look at the way that we spend our life, we probably have a lot of interactions with a group of people that know God, that we could gather under the name of Jesus for, for God and for others. So how can we do that? How can we do that practically? I think that it looks like, again, being more intentional in our interactions. I'm gonna give you guys some research and talk about how you guys spend your time with your friends, okay? So Pew Research, which is a pretty well-known research agency, right, they said this, they said 60% of teens spend time every day or almost every day with their friends online and 20% spend time or 21% several times a week. And then it says that in person, 24% of you guys spend time with your friend every single day of the week, 26% several times a week. What this survey is telling me is that for online, 81% of you guys in here and in person, 50% of you guys in here are spending time with friends almost every single day out of the week. Now what I'm gonna challenge you with is how do you spend that time? How do you do it? Because I think we walk around like broken and cracked people feeling lonely, feeling like we don't know where to turn, feeling like we don't have answers or directions or a shoulder to cry on, it's not because we don't have shoulders to cry on, it's because we don't use them. And I think what that means is if you look around, you're sitting probably in the midst of friends. How often do you actually ask the friend you're sitting next to, how are they doing? And when they say fine, and you can tell by the look in their eye that they're not okay, do you follow up? Are you sure? Like, are you sure you're doing okay? Another question, and it's probably a pretty awkward one, but have you ever, outside of an RSM small group, taken a prayer request with your friends? Have you ever done that? Another question that could be a potentially awkward one to bring up again is have you ever 
and a group of friends outside of RSM confessed some bad things going on in your life, confessed some sins. Have you ever done a Bible study with friends together? Have you ever done that outside of an RSM small group? And again, we know that we already have a lot of fun together. We know we know how to have fun. What I'm challenging you guys to do is take some of that fun time. If you spend an hour a day with your friend, that's seven hours a week. That's seven hours a week that right now you're spending having fun, gossiping, watching TikTok, watching movies, whatever it is that you do. Your life would look so much different if you ended every single one of those interactions with that person by asking, is there any way that you can pray for them? We can do church with our friends. And it doesn't take a lot. It just takes some intentionality to recognize that if the gospel has transformed my heart, if the gospel's transformed my life, I want the gospel to transform my friend group. It's that simple. Do you do friendship intentionally by meeting together? And the last point is this. Encourage each other. So we'll go back to Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As Jesus, every single day is a day closer to Jesus coming back. We don't know when that's gonna be. We, we, don't, we are gonna live intentionally today and we are gonna remember what he has done for us today. But as that day is approaching, we need to encourage each other. We need to be honest with each other, but we also need to remind our friends that they're doing a great job. When is the last time that you looked at your friend and said, hey, you're doing a good job? Or hey, great job on this thing. Or hey, when you talk to me about that book you were writing. Or when you talk to me about that, that like painting or whatever that you're doing. Or when you talk to me about how you have prestiged 18 times in COD, but you have an F in every single class, we need to encourage our friends. Meaning, hey, maybe we should spend less time on COD because you're brilliant. I know you got that A in you, right? We need to encourage one another. And I actually have a wonderful privilege every single week in RSM um, to talk to you guys, but then I get to let you guys go and you hang out with your small group leaders. Um, and your small group leaders are awesome, are they not? Raise your hand if you are so thankful for your small group leader. Yes, everyone is. It, the, you guys are great. But you guys are doing some wonderful things in your small groups um, that I actually wanted to challenge you guys to do more of, to encourage you guys to encourage each other with, because you already got some wonderful practices on Wednesday nights that are happening, okay? So I'm gonna shout out a couple of small groups and a couple of things that I think that you guys can bring into your life outside of RSM if it's not already there, okay? So the first one is this. When I walk in to the conference room one, this is last semester. I think it got erased a little bit, and I know that you guys were sad when it happened. They were heartbroken. There you go. But I did not. But did I erase it? I don't think I did. So when I walked into conference room one, every single week there was another memory verse that was written on the whiteboard from the ninth and 10th grade girls. And the way that they did it 
was if they memorized a scripture, they would then recite it to their small group and they would write it on the whiteboard. And what we found was the girls were talking to their small group leaders about how they were going through situations in their life. Their small group challenged them to memorize the Bible together. They were doing it, and then they were able to remember this scripture when they were going through a tough time. They were able to better connect with God. I wanna encourage you ninth and 10th grade girls that that is awesome and to continue doing that because you have no idea. One, life gets tough, but you are growing in this relationship and I promise you, your life is gonna be so much better because of it. Another wonderful thing that I remember happened is James and I talked about how he had asked his small group guys a question. He asked them, how is your soul? Pretty deep question, right? And it yielded incredible results. The guys were talking about things in their life. They were digging deep. They were doing life together. They were holding each other accountable. Another practice that you guys could start to implement. When you ask somebody, how are you doing? Do you really mean it? Another thing that I saw that I thought was so cool is at winter retreat, when we would leave sessions, we would have hangout time, we would have fun things happening. But there were several times I would just be walking on the deck, whether it's to go get a drink or to get some fresh air, and y'all students were praying for other students. And there was like no leader around. You just were talking to each other and prayed for one another. I wanna encourage you guys to keep doing that thing. Can you implement that in your friendships when you go through the week? And then there was one person that I actually wanted to highlight who has like a minute and a half of scripture that they memorized. I'm actually gonna play a video on the screen if you guys will tune into this. Are you ready? Okay. John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. John 4.14, but whoever drinks from the water that I give them will never be thirsty again ever. John 4.14. John 3.17, for God did not bring his son into the world to condemn them, but to save the world through him. John 3.17, Romans 8.28, but we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28, 2 Timothy 1.7, but God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, Matthew 11.28, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Um, Ephesians 3.12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we cannot go holding comfortably into, his, into God's presence. Um, John 5, 24, very truly I tell you that whoever hears, whoever knows me and hears, no, whoever hears me and, and no, oh, you got it. John 5, 24, whoever knows me and hears him who has sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. And Psalm 139, 23-24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in, in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah! Would y'all give it up for Samantha? That is so cool. That is so, so cool. But Samantha, one thing that you're gonna see in your life is you have memorized those things. You've hidden those words in your heart. And there's gonna be times in your life where you are walking through things and you're not gonna know what to do, but because you've hidden the words of scripture in your heart, it's just gonna come to mind because we serve a living and breathing and active God and the Holy Spirit is always speaking. And what I wanna do, guys, is encourage you. 
I just named three different things or four different things that you guys are already doing with your friends in RSM. My challenge is, is when you leave RSM and you look at your time, are there any intentional things that you and your friend group do to encounter God? So I'm gonna give you a minute or two. I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna have you write it down. And then I'm gonna have you talk to your small group about it. So here's this this question. It says this. What are two to three changes that you can make in your friendships right now? Maybe it's that I need to stop gossiping and I need to start asking my friends how I can pray for them because we're all people and we all have needs and we all need God. Maybe it's that I need to change my friend group because my friend group is leading me down a path of destruction and I need to find some new friends who are moving me in the right direction. Maybe it's our friends can challenge each other to memorize scripture, like what Samantha's friends have done with her and the ninth and 10th grade girls have done with themselves. Challenge you two or three things, write those down. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.